0: Father, we give you glory and praise for how you've been helping us. Thank you for um, Canada who school of the spirit. Thank you for the fullness of Christ. Thank you for how you've been opening Christ up. Thank you for so much of wisdom given to each and every one of your servants, you know, to teach and to open up uh, the the the, the to open up your son to open up christ to us thank you for all the efforts that has gone every investment of the spirit that has gone into causing understanding to be imparted concerning your son jesus christ we give you glory we give you praise accept our thanks in the name of jesus and father we are asking that you will help us again today You will cause us to be blessed again today in the name of Jesus. We ask, Lord, that you will cause mercy to be given. You will cause help for everyone listening, everyone hearing from different parts of the world. That you will cause so much grace for understanding to be given in the name of Jesus. We thank you, Lord, because you've answered our prayers. And, Lord, I'm praying that you will help me. Help me to help everybody. Lord, show so much mercy. In the name of Jesus. We thank you because we've answered our prayers in Jesus' mighty name. We have prayed. Amen. Amen. Alright, first Peter chapter one. The book of First Peter, chapter two. Rather, that's where our daddy taught from yesterday. First Peter chapter two. First Peter chapter two. Um, from verse one to verse eight. First Peter chapter two from verse 1 to verse, okay, maybe from verse 1 to verse 10. um, It says, Wherefore, laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that you may grow thereby. If so be you have tasted that the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone, "'disallowed indeed of men, but chosen of God, and precious. He also, as lively stones, are built up a spiritual house "'and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices "'acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. "'Wherefore also it is contained in the scripture, "'Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious,' And he that believeth on him shall not be confounded. Unto you therefore which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner, and a stone of stumbling, and a rock of offense. Even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed, but ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that ye shall show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. So um, Peter began to speak here, you know, in verse 5, he called this particular church lively stones. He said, ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house and holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God by Jesus Christ. You know, um, yesterday Daddy began to teach and he was explaining to us the concept of stones, talking to us how the world of Christ or the realm of Christ is a realm of stones. And, you know, in verse nine, which, you know, where um, daddy stayed yesterday to teach and minister, he was talking about you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood and holy nation, a peculiar people that you should show for the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light that he described to us that this um particular passage of scripture all these things that paul mentioned are stones at different levels or stones of different grades you know um christ is a rock you know christ is a rock as as um as against what grasses are you know uh the bible says all flesh is as grass all flesh is as grass. But Christ is not grass. Christ is rock. Christ is reliable. One thing about stones is the fact that a stone is what that stone will be. You know, the only thing that changes it, except the stone is going to change again to become precious. You know, but that, you know, something will go from stone and then go back to maybe a grass, you know, is 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 something that is um <laughs> yeah, is is not it's not something to be to expect. So the Bible says all flesh is as grass and all the glory of man as a flower of grass. That's 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 24. The grass withereth and the flower uh, falleth thereof away. Then it says, but the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. So there is a word that the gospel communicates. So and the word that the gospel communicates is a word that endures forever. And you know this verse 25 um, of First Peter chapter one is against the background given to us already in verse 24. And that background given to us in 24 speaks of flesh and speaks of flowers as two things that don't endure. Now one thing about grass is that it says, "The grass withereth." The grass withereth, and the flower thereof, which is the glory of that grass, it falls away. So, um, when God made man in Genesis chapter 2, he made man a living soul. You know, but by the time uh, man fell, the spirit of Adam died in the garden. And um, another light came in by which the soul of man became governed between Genesis chapter 3 to Genesis chapter 6, we'll find God saying, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh. So something happened. Something worked upon man for, you know, to morph wrongly from a living soul that God created him to be to become flesh. Man disintegrated into flesh. So God said, yet his days shall be 120 years. This was the beginning of God limiting the actual age of man because of what man had become. So he said man had become flesh. He also is flesh. You know, one thing about flesh, even in the natural, is that um, flesh does not have capacity to endure for a long time. You know, if you go to the market and then you buy meat, and then you drop the meat somewhere in the kitchen and it's not attended to. After a while, it's going to begin to decay. It's going to begin to spoil. So man became such that, you know, um, could not have capacity to endure by reason of the light that came in, you know, in Genesis chapter 3. I think Genesis chapter 3 verse 7. The Bible says, uh, their eyes... And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. So, um, so these eyes that got opened were eyes of the soul. And that the eyes got opened means that there was some kind of light involved in what happened here. So, there was opening of eyes, and that opening of eyes came because of something that they had. So when we read Genesis chapter 3, you find a conversation going on between the serpent and the woman. So the serpent spoke to the woman, spoke to the woman, spoke to the woman, and something happened. You know, the Bible says the serpent spoke to the woman until the woman saw. The Bible says the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Now, that was a first kind, that was a kind of sight, you know, given. But that sight given was not enough to alter their nature. So um, she saw by preaching. And then she obeyed what was preached. And when she took of that particular tree, and then herself and her husband ate, the Bible says, and their eyes were opened. Now, these eyes in verse 7 that got opened was what ended up altering their nature at the end of the day. You know, there was some kind of light. They walked with that light. They obeyed that light. And then they got altered in their persons. So, um, so this light came in and they obeyed that particular light and we give God thanks for help God helped Adam Adam didn't consistently Adam didn't continue to walk by these lights you know because God came in later and then God took the fig leaves away and then covered them with you know skins of animal but Cain took that light and walked with it to the very end praise God so, Cain took that light, walked with it to the very end, and we saw at the end of the day what happened to Cain. You know, I, I, there's something I used to say. I said, Adam left God's presence. No, Adam was driven out of God's presence. God drove Adam out of the Garden of Eden, but Cain left God's presence. So, Cain leaving God's presence was actually the end result of fellowshipping with that light that came in in Genesis chapter 3, verse 7. Pra- praise God. So the end of the light that came in, and that light was a light actually of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. The end of that light was going to lead man to a place where man will completely depart from God. So when that light you know, was upon the earth, the light prospered, we just began to see man beginning to morph wrongly you know, from a living soul and then man morphed and morphed and morphed until he ended up becoming flesh. So the essence of the gospel is to make us morph rightly. You know, to we will move again from flesh into what God has ordained us to do from the very beginning. So when Christ is preached, you know, um, our spirit is quickened, and when we get born again, our spirit is quickened. Now, our soul needs to now hear the gospel of Christ for that state called flesh to get worked upon. You know, Daddy was talking about it yesterday, that um, the first commandment that a soul is given is the commandment to obey faith. So the preaching of Christ actually is the preaching of faith. Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, uh, verse 16 and verse 17. Paul said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. So Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God. Unto salvation. Now, to everyone that believe it, not to unbelievers, is to everyone that believe it. Because everyone who believes, who is quickened in their spirits, still have another salvation that they are expected to encounter. You know, everyone who is quickened in their spirits have another salvation that they are expected to partake of. Now, this salvation is a salvation that stops their journey of decay. This salvation is a salvation that arrests the process of perishing. This salvation is a process, you know, is a salvation that actually, you know, causes the soul to stop from descending further from flesh into something worse than just being flesh. So um, it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it to the jew first and also to the greek so verse 17 now says for daring that is inside this gospel is the righteousness of god revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith so what makes the gospel of christ The power of God is what is contained inside it. And what is contained inside it is the righteousness of God that is revealed from one level of faith to another level of faith. So when we hear the righteousness of God in Christ, faith is visiting us. You know, when we begin to hear uh, that Christ is the man that God has approved, Christ is, you know, the benchmark. Christ is the person that God has. accepts christ is the man that god has approved you know uh, christ is the standard that god you know um as is as measured out for everybody to live up to or live by now faith is visiting us and daddy said something yesterday you know and that thing is very profound <laughs> daddy said that um, it is this preaching the preaching of faith is stony in nature you know what stone is you know, I remember a particular wrestler uh, that his name was Stone Cold. You know, so, when you see Stone Cold, you know that there's no mercy. You know, it can't spare anybody. So, the same way, there's a way this message looks like it does not have a human face. You know, a whole lot is happening to you in the natural. A whole lot is happening, a whole lot is happening, you know, and then somebody will say, ah, so, uh, what are you... Let's let this gospel address all these other things. But no, the gospel is saying no. It's not your situation we want to change. It's you, God, God, (laughs) that we are after. You know, so they they call it the power of God unto salvation. It's not the power of God unto financial breakthrough. You know, I remember going to a particular church. (laughs) I remember going to a particular church to be this time. Somebody just came and spoke to me. He said um, that when you meet somebody who has not eaten, For example, Pastor Mike, there are so many people who are hungry and all of that. That what do you what do you do? That we believe there are some people who don't have enough money and there is a way you preach to them. I said, Well, Jesus fed five thousand after he had taught them for three days. (laughs) That was not what he was expecting to hear, (laughs) you know, because he according to him believed that there is a gospel you preach to the poor, which is different from the gospel you preach to the rich. And then I told him, I said no, any gospel. That respects class. is not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, because all men have been concluded under sin. Every man, either is rich or is poor. Either is high or is low they all have the same problem. (laughs) And God's solution to that problem is actually the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So the same way it will make sense to a poor man, it will also make sense to a rich man. So He says, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ because it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believe it. So the Jew first and also to the Greek. So this gospel, you know, um, is powerful. This gospel has enough power within it to arrest decay in our souls this gospel has enough power within it to stop our journey into you know somebody can be thinking okay, okay flesh but i'm born again i speak with tongues you know yes you can speak it's possible for your man to speak in tongues and then it's still flesh you know george chapter 2 it says i will pour out my spirit upon all flesh your sons and daughters shall prophesy so flesh can prophesy <laughs> Your young man will see visions, your old man will dream dreams. Flesh can see visions, flesh can dream dreams. So all of those, you know, um, operations of gifts of the Spirit, you know, flesh can take it and use those things and can even use it to establish himself more. You know, when we read the Corinthian church, for example, Paul was writing to them, talking to them about the fact that they are canna you know but they had gifts in abundance you know um operating in their midst so what god actually wants to do is god wants us to change god wants to turn man so when god wants to turn or when god wants to change us you know he brings christ to us he measures out a standard to us and you see that cycle that happened in genesis also has to happen again for that alteration to take place and what was that cycle Eve had a preacher. Eve had a preacher. You know, Satan is a preacher. But he's the one that sows hatred in the hearts of people against preachers. (laughs) But he himself is a preacher. (laughs) You know, he himself is a preacher. So, Eve had a preacher. And the woman had a kind of understanding that visited her by reason of preaching. So just the same way, you know, we come around and then when Christ is taught, there's a first understanding that visits us. Now, that understanding is good. You know, mommy will always say that when our eyes are opened, when we see things that we have not seen before, we should go ahead and obey it for the cycle of that light to run its full course. Every light God sends is for the purpose of altering our nature. So, but then, when we hear it, and then, you know, it's like our eyes open. We see scriptures in a way we have not seen scriptures before. It lays a demand of obedience upon us. When we now obey, that is where the alteration actually is. That's where the change is. Hallelujah. So, that's where the change is. So, the Bible says... Um, so, when we when we hear Christ, when a preacher is sent... Like, Daddy was explaining yesterday that... Uh, they cannot hear except there is a preacher. So when a preacher comes and a preacher preaches, and then we hear Christ, there's a first sight we see. You know, sometimes people come around and then when Christ is being preached, you just see, you know, people see the demand. They already see the journey. Now, that's that first sight. So daddy was talking yesterday and he was talking about people who stumble. You know, that was what Peter, you know, in First Peter chapter 2 said. He spoke about people who stumble being disobedient, you know so when christ is preached and then you just see christ immediately somehow you just know what the demand is about at some point you find a whole lot of people just say wow this message is very very good and you won't see them again you know at some point <laughs> i remember you know uh, myself and pastor pastor t going to the not you know somehow they were able to see i remember one very tall man like that okay man told us that ah this is the message in fact this message go 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 that is the in fact all the bishops in this area all of them are supposed to come and be hearing this thing. we didn't see the man again (laughs) That, that day was the last time the man came so somehow you just see people who will just see it they see the demand and once they see the demand you know instead of proceeding to obey they just shrink back you know, uh, Daddy was describing to us in one of those meetings, he was talking about people who closed their eyes. He said their eyes, they have closed. That means they saw and pretended like they did not see. So um, when that happens, people like that remain the way they are. In fact, it looks as if the nature of um, their nature. I don't know how I can describe it because, you know, there's a way you are without seeing there's a way you are when you have not seen but there's a way you are when you are seeing and then you are refusing to cooperate you know it's a little bit different yes you know because in the realm of the spirit that is said once you understand even that realm knows that understanding has visited that so so the cycle of faith you know is um, um you hear preaching your eyes are enlightened and then you obey what the Enlightenment is demanding. So once we, you know, complete that cycle like that, we discover that, you know, we get altered in our nature. We change. We morph. God's way of changing us is introducing Christ to us. So when we preach, when we hear the gospel of Christ, it morphs us. It changes us. You know, that uh, that encounter at Caesarea Philippi, uh, when Jesus was asking them, "Who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am?" You know, Peter said, "Thou art the Christ, the Son." of the living god and then jesus looked at him and said blessed art thou simon by jonah for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee but my father which is in heaven so the blessing there was a conversion of nature from simon to peter simon is grass that's flesh and then peter is rock that is you know something sturdy something reliable and jesus made a statement he said upon this rock that is upon the revelation of myself as Christ, the son of the living God, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So we are living in awesome times. We are living in, you know, wonderful seasons. You know, um, when you get, we, many times I used to think that when you get born again, that's the beginning of the journey. You know, but now I'm learning more. <laughs> I discovered that actually when you got born again, the quickened you. But actually, when you begin to really, when the journey really starts, is when the revelation of Christ visits you. Because the revelation of Christ visiting you is, you know, um, you being set on a journey. It sets you on a journey, and that journey is journey out of flesh completely into stones, precious stones. You know um, that that those grades of stones that Daddy was explaining to us, you know, yesterday. So when we hear Christ and we believe, or we uh, there, there's a word I'm looking for. When we hear Christ and we obey, that First Peter, First Peter chapter two. You know that's place and then i will be i will be done (laughs) first peter chapter 2 it says okay wherefore also it is contained in the scripture behold i lay in zion a chief cornerstone elect precious he that believeth on him shall not be confounded now when we read this place somebody will say i already believe on him now this believing on him is not the first believing that we did that got us born again no this believing is what john was talking about when he said as many as received him to them he gave power to become the sons of god even to them that believe on his name now this believing on his name is receiving him so receiving him is when christ is preached and you discover that the manifestation of jesus that is coming to me from this message i'm hearing is not the one that is going to meet my needs will i receive it you know when he's not coming the way i expect that he's going to come when he's not coming, you know, um, he's not coming to change my situation. He's not coming to he's not coming to address my carnal needs. Will I still receive him? Now, if Jesus is coming and saying, all that I'm promising you, because that's what the gospel of Christ is about, all that he's promising you is change. <coughs> that, that's all. <laughs> he's not promising you a change. Now, that change is not changing your bank account. That change is not changing your status from a tenant to being a landlord. That's not the change. In fact, when we read the epistles, we discover that Paul said, if you receive the gospel when you are a tenant, remain a tenant. (laughs) If you had the gospel when you are a slave, remain a slave. So the gospel is not holding the promise of moving you from one state in the natural to a better state in the natural. So the testimony at the end of the day is not that when I started hearing this gospel, I was a tenant. Right now, this gospel has made me a landlord. Now, that's not the gospel. That's not the testimony that follows the gospel of Christ. The testimony that follows the gospel of Christ is a complete change of nature. The testimony that follows the gospel of Christ is the complete change of taste board. Complete change of value system. Complete change of, you know, um, the make of a man from what is corruptible into that which is incorruptible. That is actually the testimony, you know. And (laughs) So when the gospel of Christ is preached and the soul sees it, and then the soul does not like it, that soul will remain the way the soul is. And interestingly, they said they will stumble, which means that journey forward spiritually will be arrested. That will not be our portion in the name of Jesus. So for those of us who have had, you know, and we are following, and uh, we are following, we have found grace to follow, to, you know, to a great extent, you know, um, we, will, we, we will not disobey. You know, we've been obeying and we will obey to the very end. The Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. All right. So it says, um, a stone of stumbling, the rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, where also also, they were appointed. So the next one, he now says, but you. That means we are a different stock from the stock that they just described. We are a chosen generation, a royal, priesthood, and holy nation. So for those of us, you know, maybe somebody just stumbling on this for the first time, and then you are hearing, and then you are wondering what exactly is happening. Now you you are hearing a message that will change you. There's something I used to say, and that thing is, every situation is not permanent. You will outlast every situation. So, God is not going to invest a whole lot of power trying to change your situation. When you, that will outlast the situation, will remain the same. So, God wants to focus on what will remain after every other thing had changed. So, the, God is working on you. God is working on man. God wants man to be given. You know, is a project that God is embarking on to Turn man from something that will not last into something that is lasting. And how well we journey into the incorruptible dimension of God is hanging on how well we are doing Christ. You know, it's hanging on how well we are doing Christ. Because, you know, Daddy, during crossover night when Daddy was teaching, you know, I came to an understanding that Christ is the son of the living God. So, what will bring us into that terrain of the everlasting life of God is for us to do Christ well. You know, they said Christ, the gospel of Christ is the command. It's after the commandment of the everlasting God. So, God wants to make us everlasting. But first, he has to, you know, introduce to us Christ. You know, um, he has to introduce that cost to us to help us. To morph and change from a nature that is decaying, a nature that is corruptible, into a nature that is sturdy, reliable, like a rock. The Lord will help us in Jesus' name.